Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm Sarah. I'm Derek. And we would like to welcome you to Planet Bob, where we talk about the movies and shows that made their way to our little corner of the galaxy this week. Let's start with cough. Just fucking hacking up. Okay, well, cut that out. Yeah, I'll leave it. It's funny. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so here we are for episode 57. The Lost Boys back in town. I still love that name. I can't believe it took us this long to come up with that. I'm so ashamed that it took us this long to come up with that. (laughs) Moving on. We're not making any money off this, so don't bother suing us, whoever made The Lost Boys. I have no idea who made it. I feel like it was Warner Brothers, probably. Probably. But anyway, we're going to talk about Season 4 of Lost again. This time we're going to do Episode 4, 5, and 6. Mostly 5. Mostly 5. Yeah, mostly 5. Because, I mean, really, Kate's episode, you could throw most of that away. Eggtown, most of it doesn't matter. The other other woman is character stuff, too, but... the, The constant is... It's like... To me, it's everything that's great about Lost is in the constant. Yeah. Minus some of the, the fantasy elements that we'll get into later. But even those, those are still pretty fantastic in the show. And I do agree, it's basically the entire show distilled down into one episode. Yeah. And it's solid front to back. Yeah, there's, I can't, I have very little to criticize about that. No, me neither. I, it is critically acclaimed as arguably their best, I believe. I... I most people consider it their favorite episode. There you go. Of the whole series? Yeah. 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 Of every episode ever made, that's number one on a lot of lists. Yeah. I, if it's not number one, it makes a lot of top ten lists of the people's favorite episodes. Fair enough. But before we get to that, yeah, let's, let's jump right... Right into Eggtown, <laughs> which right off the bat is the dumbest fucking title I could think of for an episode. I hear you. I, I was going <laughs> to ask you, like, what's, this, what's behind that? I don't get it. Eggtown... I, I guess it has something to do with Locke and killing chickens. Yeah, like at the beginning, Locke makes bacon and yeah, eggs here, or something. Here, here's the last of the eggs. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Is that it? That's why? As far as I know. Jesus. Okay, I thought there might have been something more behind it and you'd be able to tell me some you know grand story of why it was titled that. Nope. I, I got nothing. I mean, I could have probably looked on, on Lostpedia and found something, but... No, it's probably just that. Lock used the last of the eggs. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of episodes. You can only have cool titles for so many of them. Yeah, I guess that's true. No, they can't all be the constant. <laughs> okay, first back to Egg Town. <laughs> I know you're driving towards it here, but there's an order to things. Let's try to follow it. Uh, my first note is that Locke is living in Ben's house. Yes, he has taken up ownership of the former leader's residence. Of all places, live in Ben's house. The guy you hate the most. Yeah, but... He does have that sweet basement where he, that's perfectly convenient for locking up prisoners. Right? That's true, yeah. And in typical, like, dictator fashion, like, you oust the one guy and you just set up shop. Right yeah, you move right in. It is very much a dictatorship, as he sort of... Well, he doesn't come it's, out and say it's it. It's really more of a theocracy. Y- yes, okay. Where he's placed himself as the Pope. That's it. He's the head of the, the island's church. That's right. <laughs> so that would make I did him make a note about island that. Jesus. It's not a democracy and it's not a dictatorship. It's really more of a theocracy. Yeah. It's stupid is what it is. It is stupid. 
So as are all theocracies. Yeah, blowing past that real quick Mike before. Drop. Yeah, this this could easily take a dark <laughs> turn into the rhubarb if we continue down this line of thinking here. So and Sarah's not here to tell me where to cut. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we have Kate's flash forward, which is just fantastically useless. I did. Uh, I did make a note about Locke had a little throwaway line there about what's that Ben's book. Ben's like, I've read it before. He's like, maybe you'll catch something you you didn't catch, you didn't notice the first first time. time. Yeah. yeah, like that's basically a, a, a line to the audience to go back and watch everything that you've seen again, uh, put things in in uh, in context. Fair enough. And of course, when you do watch the show for the second time, you do pick up on a hell of a lot more. Yeah, like we've. A lot of our dis- a lot of our best discussions about this show have come from things that we've we didn't notice the first time around. No, definitely. I think anyone who says that they noticed everything at, like after the first watch is lying to you blatantly. Yeah. Like there's just way too much. So maybe maybe like a detective or something. <laughs> no, even that. <laughs> Someone whose whose career depends on them noticing details. But even then, there's things that you wouldn't notice because you don't know what you're looking for. Exactly. So, he hands Ben a book from his own shelf. You notice what the book was? Dallas. Yeah, it showed again in the the other woman, I think. Uh, Could be, yeah. They they do a nice little shot of it there to really make sure you pick it up. Philip K. Dick, man! And the the story revolves around mental time travel, which we'll see Desmond do in the next episode. Yeah, more or less. So, like, this is one of those times when the book actually directly relates to what we're going to be seeing. It's pretty neat. <laughs> Sometimes, it's, like, usually when there's a book on there, there's a thematic connection, but this time it's the plot of that story relates to what's happening on Lost. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool, because I didn't bother. Like, I saw it, and I was like, okay, Philip K. Dick did Blade Runner, for anyone who doesn't, you know, know. Um, although it was called... Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? That's the one. Man, <laughs> what a ridiculous title. Yeah. I much prefer Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I wonder if there's anything behind that. So I, you know, Googled it, of course, and read the synopsis on Wikipedia. I was like, okay, I can see how this, you know. This ties into the yeah. show. So it's pretty amazing that they bothered to go that far to pick, like, a book that ties in with the plot of these episodes. That would make sense to be in Ben's library. Right? And and just to throw it away on, like, a half-second shot yeah. of Ben looking at this book. They don't even tell us the title in, in dialogue. No, not at all. You have to, like, look at the book on the screen, figure out what it is. It's pretty wild. So there, so much thinking goes into these these episodes I don't know how yeah, they clearly the writers are huge nerds massive <laughs> nerds like I blows my mind blows my mind on subjects that are weird like time trap like science and, and things like that things that you wouldn't normally expect a writer to to be involved with like the the Futurama writers there were like three or four PhD holders on that show oh yeah really yeah. Yeah. wow did not know that huh. Fun fact for the day. Yeah. And it's it's it kind of reminds me of Lost in that way. Like, the pe- people who write the show have a varied interests. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I did notice a little gaffe in this episode. Really? When uh, when Locke throws the Ben's plate at the wall, it's supposed to be a solid concrete wall in a basement. He throws it at the wall and it moves. 
Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh! That's so just like a drywall. Yeah, it's just like a little set design thing that they missed when they were when they were editing the episode. Oh, that's kind of funny. I definitely did I not notice, did you notice that. that. Because it was mentioned on the board. Someone else oh, noticed it. And, okay. and then I noticed it on, on rewatches. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I missed that totally. I could show you guys the clip after, but there's not... Uh, I believe you. It's I'll not, take your word for it. It's not interesting enough to pause to show you. No, yeah. definitely not. So, okay, we have Kate's flash forward. She's on trial, finally, for all of the stupid shit she did. Like, thank God, finally caught up with her. As yeah. it should have at some point. Like, if she just got off the island and everything was, like, A-okay for her, I would have been a little pissed off, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I, I was quite happy to see her at she least up there. She some kind of consequence? Yeah, absolutely. Even though it adds up to nothing, really? It does. Because what? Because Jack comes in and does some bullshit character testimony? And her mom doesn't testify, which I'm like... Oh. No, no court case has ever won on the, the merit of one witness is testimony. No, that's right, yeah. So, like, the fact that she refused to testify shouldn't get her off... On, on everything. everything. No, exactly. She had a lot of charges against her, too. Like yeah. she, she was yeah. factually a fugitive from justice, yeah. whether she committed the original murder or not. Absolutely. Like, you don't fl- like fly from country to country trying to outrun this marshal because, you know, it's all just a big misunderstanding. Like, all the, all the <laughs> crimes that she commits after the fact, after the murder, wouldn't just get absolved just because they can't solve the murder. No. That's right. Even though they definitely could solve the murder. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Anyway, so, whatever. We'll forgive that, because it's, whatever, it's stupid and it's got to happen at some point. You can't have the rest of the We'll just chalk that up to, like, the island The island is did something, or the others manipulated the things behind the scenes. We'll just chalk it up to things happening that we don't see. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you can't have the rest of the series with Kate in prison. It no. It just doesn't work out. So you need to have her out, but yeah. you can't just... Even though her trial makes zero sense. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Move on from that. Back on the island. What do we got back on the island? Oh, yeah, Jack's trying to dial the boat. Jack can't get through to the boat. Says the chopper took off a day ago. How come it hasn't landed yet? Yeah, I made a note that the... the like, they're, they're kind of wishy-washy on when the, the helicopter left because they said it was at dusk. But it was bright and sunny when they left. It they was bright and sunny. So it was like late afternoon at earliest. So I, I wrote down that it, it's been missing. It was lost from time for at least 36 hours. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Which we know from Daniel's experiment with the rocket being, you know, a half hour delayed or three hours delayed or whatever. Yeah, his it was. was a half hour late. That's it. That there's some weird wishy-washy, timey-wimey stuff going on, coming, going from the island. So... To and us, way, as the audience, shouldn't be that much of a surprise that the chopper hasn't checked in yet. The way Daniel described it was interesting, though, that Jack's perception of how long it's been gone might be off. Yeah. yeah there you go. Because it's all a matter of perspective. It is. For everyone on the island and the freighter, it, it, the, the helicopter was just gone for a day and a half. Yeah. But for Frank and Saeed and Desmond, it was like 15 minutes. That's it. Yeah. That the the normal it. amount of tri- time they would have experienced for taking that trip. It's, it's normal for them, but for the, the outside world, because of their per- they're not perceiving the same that's series it. of events. Yeah, that's Physics 101. Everyone has their own 
frame of time. Yeah. I just thought it was, I thought the way they wrote that line was specific and correct. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very clear way to make that point. Whereas where, where I'm discussing it now, I'm making it less clear. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. We, we tend to muddle some issues here. Maybe we should just refer back to you know the lines that are delivered. We'll just take the simple line that's more accurate. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Oh yes, and then there's the bit about you know half the episode revolves around Kate's mysterious child. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Which I don't, I don't understand why they played that up to be such a big mystery. Well, yeah. I think it goes back to the finale of season three where Kate says something like, I have to get back to him. And you wonder who she's talking about. And you assume maybe she's talking about Sawyer or one of those guys. And then even in this episode, you, you're kind of directed to assume, I think, that maybe Sawyer knocked up Kate at some point because they talk about the pregnancy and this yeah. and that. And all of a sudden she has this magical baby off the island. And you're like, well, where did that come from? She hasn't banged Jack yet. So, yeah. I mean, it's got to be, right? Yeah. Until the end, which is actually kind of a neat reveal with, like, the really ominous music playing. <laughs> yeah. That it's, it's Aaron yeah. from the island, which makes sense. It's the only other damn baby in the entire show. Which brings up another question about Desmond's vision that he told Charlie he had, that he saw Claire and Aaron on a helicopter leaving the island. Yeah. Huh. So what happens to Claire? Why does Claire not have Aaron in yes. the present? So that is the big Or in thing. the future, I guess. In the future, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think for the, the future, purpose of this show, the, the present should still be on the island, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's where the main story is taking place. Absolutely. So, yeah. Let's get that nailed down right now. <laughs> Or otherwise we're going to barrel toward a misunderstanding later on. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's the big, the million dollar question I think at the end of Eggtown is what happens to Claire? And I kind of love that about the flash forwards because you are questioning why certain characters are off island and what happened to the ones that aren't off the island. And who even is off island because yeah. we've, we've still... We're still, we've still only got the four. That's right. Uh, Aaron doesn't count because he was, he wasn't considered as an oceanic passenger, so he's not one of the oceanic six. That's, That's right. right. So, yeah, it's really neat to see how that all works out. And I think, I think I had a note somewhere in here about, you know, Kate living with Locke and them, right? At the beginning, she was part of that little group. But then you know she's off island. So at some point you know that she has to leave Locke's group. Well, the same thing happens with Hurley. Jump back to the jack. Right. Yeah, same thing happens with Hurley. Right now, they're, right now he's with Locke. At some point, something is going to change that leads Hurley back to the beach and choosing to leave on the freighter that he knows is not Penny's boat. Right. And he was the one who made the big speech earlier about believing Charlie and yeah, going with exactly. Locke, right? So, so what changes his mind? What changes his mind? And I think that it's really cool that you know where they end up in the future, but you're still so interested in how they get there that yeah. you keep watching the damn show. That's how I feel about spoilers a lot of the time. It's like, what happens? I, I might know what's going to happen, but I, I'm still interested in seeing how it gets yeah, there. Yeah, how it plays out, right? Yeah. And I like that, too. 
See, I mean, there's sometimes that spoilers will yeah. can ruin the thing for me. Absolutely. But I would agree. Uh, uh, minor things on Lost, like knowing that they're going to get off the island, that was never really. That's not surprising. We kind of knew the show was heading that direction. Yeah. You should hope so. That's, that's what they were building up to for three seasons, and now we're finally realizing that that is not what the actual plot is. Because after they get off the island, they have to go back. There's something to go back yeah. for. So I was actually talking to my buddy, my cross shift up at the mine, and we were talking about spoilers. Uh, he, must have been, he was at work. I was just at home dicking around. This was like two days ago. And... Uh, and he was saying, similar to you, Dylan, that like he he doesn't mind reading about something online. He doesn't mind knowing how it all ends up because yeah. he's still very much interested in how it ends up there. And seeing and, it performed. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I'm sort of on the other side of that coin. Like I kind of like having my mind blown. I know that the writer sort of built up to this sort of reveal and... I want to sort of appreciate the fact that they took the time to craft the story in that direction to blow my mind. You know what I mean? I don't think either way is like there's no right and wrong way to watch something, but I think you know those are the two sides to it. And I think it's neat that some people don't mind. They like to know what happens. Other people don't. For me, it's like a matter of what does it spoil? Like if it's just a minor plot element or a character detail, I don't care. But if it's like... If someone explained to me the ending of Cabin in the Woods before I saw the movie, I probably wouldn't enjoy the entire movie as much because I'd know where it was going. Sure. I would still watch the movie and I'd still enjoy it for what it is because I still will watch that movie. But it, it, it takes something away from the experience when you know. I feel like it does. I feel, again, and I'm using the word feel because it is very much subjective, that you're almost doing the writers or the directors or the showrunners a bit of a disservice by sort of ruining their ending before they have a chance to deliver it to you. Especially a show like this, where it's like, it's all it's all about the interaction and, and the way the characters play it. It's, what happens is less important than what the, what the characters do. But at the same time, what the characters do is, is the plot. Because like, there's no, there's no, the plot is like, kind of in their control. We're following. We're following them as they as they but experience. What happens happens. happens. So the plot's always going to be the plot, Dylan. Yes, but <laughs> at the same. Sorry, I just being a dick. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, nothing happens if they, unless they act. Oh, that's true. I guess. So they went on strike, and then we had that short season. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, without the characters actively taking ownership of their of their part in the plot, there is no plot. True. True. Could be said for all story. If they're just I'm sitting really on the fuse now, are you confused? <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> yeah, this is probably a, a waste of time. This, this is. I think we're, we're debating philosophy now yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is acting? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so back into my notes. It doesn't take them long to get comfortable at the barracks. It does not. They yeah. move right in. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, they're playing horseshoes, dicking around. I like chicken. the comments they talk about, like Claire. It, it's. I didn't sleep very good. It's hard to get used to sleeping in a bed again. Yeah. Like, they, it didn't take them long to get used to living in their conditions. No. Because they were only there for, like we said, a little over three months. Three months, yeah, that's right. Humans are adaptable people. I mean, if I told you to sleep on your lawn every day for three months, yeah, I'm sure you would get used to it. I mean, if I had no choice. I, I can't see why I would listen to you and just... 
Why not? <laughs> Sleep on your lawn, even though you got a perfectly good bed. Okay, <laughs> sounds good, Johnny. Here I go. <laughs> yeah, John obviously. said to you, so. Imagine that. Sarah comes home, you just passed out in the lawn. <laughs> what are you doing that? John said to you. Uh, yeah. John just told me to do it. He said it's I could adapt. It's an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> See if we truly are adaptable. Yeah, no, I'm just going to assume that we are and move on from that. <laughs> Okay, more notes. What do we got going on? I had here? a note here about about gin, but I'm not sure. I, I like. I have the, nothing about gin. What do you have about gin? Gin was making plans about him and son's future when they leave the island. Oh yeah. And I'm like, gin making plans about the future is sad, and I I'm kind of iffy on whether we should actually talk about that or not. Uh no. Let's leave that for later. Okay. Why? Well. Because it relates to who is the Oceanic Six. Yeah. Uh, so I'll still watch it, so go ahead. No. <laughs> well, you have no choice. You're invested now. No, because it kind of ruins an episode where, again, they set it up and they shoot it and they cut it to make you believe one thing, and then it's revealed yeah, that it's another thing. Yeah, so I feel like let's not ruin yeah, let's that. Let's, yeah, let's save that. I have no idea what season that's in, though. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. Um, uh, that that is this season. Is it? Oh yeah. Tabernak. All right. Cool. Uh, we've already gone through most of my notes for this, and and some of them are stupid. Like one of my one of my notes is Kate has a son. Exclamation mark! Question mark! Exclamation mark! <laughs> Even though they they tell us who that is at the end. Yeah, like, that's it's, it's just a joke about how they're making it into into a mystery when it's not really significant. No, it definitely isn't. Her having Aaron isn't significant. Well, it her is. having Aaron is, but the like keeping it a secret from us for oh, the whole episode okay. is, seems silly to me. Yeah, because she like makes illusion. You, you, you're not bringing my son in. Yeah, like, it's like this big deal. Like, who cares? Yeah. Okay, bring him in. He's like what four? Come on. Yeah. But same thing with. Uh, well, I mean, Derek already knows that it ends up being Kevin on the freighter. Not Kevin, Michael, as Kevin Johnson, sorry. And I can't remember if it, I think it's the other woman where Locke asks Ben, who's his man on the boat? And Ben's like, I'll tell you, but you might want to sit down for this. Yeah, like, it's this cuts. big thing, right? Yeah, and then it cuts, like, they don't tell us. Yeah, exactly. And then it ends up being Michael. Yeah. You're like, oh, good thing Locke wasn't standing for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would have passed right out after yeah. hearing that. It's like, it's, it's, that's not that big of a mystery, man. Like, no one no. cares. I'm actually pissed off that it's Michael. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that they, like, avoid telling us. Yeah. They don't warn us that Michael's back. Ugh. I even guessed that last week when we were talking about it. That yeah. probably Michael. And yeah. I don't get it. We dropped too many hints. We were like, yeah. what's the one character you yeah, would like to see yeah, most come exactly. back? Yeah, like, Michael. It. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I good point. <laughs> Who else would it be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Haboon is secretly back alive. Oh, my yeah. God. Actually, that, <laughs> that would have been a twist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been. It also would have been terrible. It would have been dumb. <laughs> or Shannon. Yeah. Oh, my God. And there'd be no way to make that make sense. No. Either. No, there wouldn't. At least Michael is still alive, as That's far as we right. know. That's right, yeah. Ghost Moon. Exactly. He's a secret man on the boat. <laughs> Taller uh, Ghost Boon. <laughs> Taller Ghost Boon. <laughs> yeah, that would have been uh, terrible. We have some... Uh, the one good thing that comes out of Kate's trial is we get a little bit of 
the oceanic story that like what the story that they've been telling. Yeah. That only eight people actually survived the crash instead of the forty plus that we know survived. Yeah. That's right. So there's a big change. Whatever they whatever they've been telling people is not even close to what actually happened. And then you wonder why that is, and yeah. then they committed to it enough for like, you know, Jack to perjure himself in federal court. So I yeah. mean they have committed to the story. But he also says he doesn't love Kate, which he admits is later is a liar. Oh, That's also perjury. God. Yeah. That was, what a so stupid, stupid question to ask yeah, someone on that, the stand. Like, seriously, what does that have to do with anything? Like, or you should ask him, like, you know, something about your relationship together, whatever. Yeah. Like, do you love her? Yeah. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> How did the lawyer not object? I, right? Yeah. The relevance. What, how is this relevant to oh. any of this? But again, they need to make it kind of soapy to, you know, draw in the audience and whatnot. Again, it's a, it's a balance game they play. I can forgive them for the ridiculous courtroom thing because the next episode is pretty balling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I give, I give Eggtown a lot of, pat, a lot of leeway because, honestly, usually when I rewatch Lost, I skip Eggtown. Really? Because nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. Very, very little of significance happens. It's all like, it's all like, Daniel talking. Those are the only thing I care about in this episode. Yeah, on the first watch through, I guess it is sort of useful because you find out that they've been lying, you know, to the general public about their backstory. Yeah. But on the second time through, like you already know that happens. Move on. That's yeah, there's there's no new information to be no, to be gleaned from this episode. Really, nothing really. at all. So uh, let's just skip towards the let me, end of the let me, episode. Let me just check my notes real quick, and I'll confirm whether there's anything new that I learned. No. Uh, Telling you right uh, now. Sawyer's catching on to Kate's manipulation. Uh, Sawyer cons Locke by telling most mostly the truth. Yeah, that was a good one, I thought. Uh, How about Miles? Miles tries to extort Ben 3.2 mil. Yeah. It's a very specific number. A very and I have here for a very specific 3.2 mil. Yeah. I have written that. I down. can't remember if they explicitly tell us why that. I think that they is. do, but it's later on. Okay. Yeah. There's, I don't know why though. There's a reason for it, but it's stupid. It eludes it me. It doesn't really matter. No. Um, yeah. Basically, it's double what he's being paid for the job. Is that what it for is? For whatever Widmore has hired him to do. Yeah. It's double. He's asking Ben to give him double to lie about his status as being alive or not. That's understandable. Uh, what does Miles know about Ben? I don't even know why I wrote that question. <laughs> uh, oh. What's been keeping Kate's mom alive? She said she's been given six months to live ever since Kate left. But it's, it's been three years in the intervening time. So this is another one of those fate versus coincidence arguments, right? And I'm going to argue that it's fate. Of course. And that it's Jacob keeping her alive, keeping her cancer at bay until this, until this shit can play out. I don't know why. I don't know what significance this has, except maybe to motivate Kate later down the line. Yeah, because she died of cancer, then Kate wouldn't ostensibly, I use the word again, wouldn't need the trial. She'd be let go. because Which is stupid because which they is stupid, gar- I guarantee they have better evidence than her mom's testimony. <laughs> Absolutely, but if her mom did kick it, they'd throw the case out, Kate goes free, okay? Or if her mom's alive, 
still doesn't testify. I guess it's reconciliation for Kate, sort of. Maybe. But not really. Because she doesn't forgive her. No, no she, she says, stay the hell away from my son. Yeah. So, and, I mean, then she, and then she still doesn't testify. So, like, that that interaction doesn't seem to even matter. No. And I don't know if Kate's mom plays a part further down the line. I don't recall that she does, but not I Not that I remember. So, Jacob, what are you doing, man? Don't bother keeping her alive. Just let her go. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that it, it factors into her motivation down the line. But I can't see how it plays in. No. Or maybe it's just one of those coincidence things. Or maybe it's just Jacob doing things. Maybe maybe he just wants her to have this last interaction with her mom for some reason. Yeah, it's I, not even like closure. I, no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think I'm going to argue that it's just fluke, right and fluke. She's just bent, magically stayed alive? Or, yeah, that I happens guess, with people. I guess yeah, it does. naturally stayed alive. Yeah. Magically, she would have been kept alive if it was Jacob. Yeah, there's a guy I work with whose wife has had, like, cancer repeatedly, and, you know, she's still kicking. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it does happen. It's not a perfect science. Okay, so I guess, I guess this time we're siding with coincidence. Yeah. yeah. This is the which only is, time. Which is rare for this show. This is yes. very, very rare. Uh, Daniel has trouble remembering three cards. So, now we're going to talk about Daniel's memory problem. Or are we going to talk about it? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save it for the constant, but this okay. is this is like a, a hint that he has memory problems. Yeah, because he can't remember three freaking cards. They don't like straight up tell us that he's got memory problems. This is just kind of a, a display, kind of a way to show the audience that he has memory problems. Yeah. Without being like, hey, you got memory problems, man. <laughs> And if you recall back to the first time we met Daniel, where he was watching the TV and he started crying, he does have that sort of like live-in assisted help yeah. lady, you know. So it begs the question, if a guy can't even take care of himself enough to be able to live at home alone, what would possibly make you want to hire him to airdrop onto an island to do some crazy shit. Well, this, this part we revealed have, later. This right? part we can talk about briefly. Okay. We, we do know that the island has healing properties. We know that Widmore is familiar with the island and its special properties. Through what means, we don't know yet. But perhaps he thinks that sending Daniel to the island will... The island's magical healing properties will help repair his brain. But out of all the physicists in the entire world, you're going to pick the one that's, like, the most mentally unstable. I feel like also his, time, his work with time travel yeah, relates he to his being brought in on this project. Definitely could have been, like, the foremost in his field or whatever back in the day before, you know. Although what they have him doing in uh, The Other Woman is really weird, considering that he's, he's a physicist who specializes in time travel. And they have him neutralizing a chemical agent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not exactly. From memory. Right. Knowing that he has memory problems. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Not good. So maybe Charlotte was there to make sure that he stays on track? I don't know, because she's a cultural anthropologist. She has, she's not applied, she's not science, like, physical sciences at all. No. Yeah. I don't tell you. Whatever. Yeah, we'll just There's, let it go. Chemicals and tanks, sure, put the science Scientists on it. doing science, that's yeah. all. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's all it. you need to know. That's fair. 
Uh, Locke's trick with the grenade is super dangerous. Super dangerous. He just puts it in his mouth and assumes that he's got the jaw strength to hold that. Yeah. The grenade in his mouth for however long Locke's yeah. going to leave like him there like that. Hours? Come on, Locke. You're going to blow up like your only hostage. Like, I can't imagine holding something in my mouth like that. Oh, I'm just sure there's, there's going to be some sort of dick joke I can make here. Because, like, I'm going to refrain. How is he going to sleep? Right? He's not. He can't relax his jaw at all or that thing falls out and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and that little shot that he's in is leveled. Yeah. And... Like, I was trying to think, drop the grenade out of your mouth and hope you catch it with your feet and throw it out the window or something? Yeah, like, no kidding. That's, that's a big risk there, I'd yeah. say. It's going to fall out at some point. Like I, I don't trust myself with the grenade in my mouth as much as I would trust myself to try to throw it out. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that's just a... I'm, you know, Locke trying to go big dick, show he's the Mr. Macho Man. Locke, but he's really you know, just flying by the seat of his pants right now. He is. You're not fooling anyone, yeah. Locke. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's got no plans. No, he can see that. He thinks that he does. Yeah. He thinks he knows what he's doing, <laughs> which makes him more dangerous. <laughs> it does. It makes yeah, his absolutely. theocracy really weak. Very much so. And we, we find in the end of The Other Woman, I guess, when he lets Ben out, yeah. like he listens to Ben. Again. Like, what? Well, because he told him that Michael's his dude on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, you know, your true enemy has revealed himself as Charles Whitmore. Like, I don't know, Why are you believing Ben? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ben is fucking <laughs> you at every turn. Exactly. Every... He shot you, for Christ's sake. He did. <laughs> yeah. Which he even alludes to right yeah, before that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're going to shoot me in the back? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't right? matter, I'll still listen to you anyway. Yeah. No, it's... Do whatever you want. I'm going to do whatever you say. Yeah. No, that, that was really stupid. I don't know. I had a hard time with that. That, but again, is locked. He's like, a frustrating character. Fulfilling his destiny is being the man who gets manipulated every single day of his life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, he's a frustrating character. Yeah. It's tough to watch his stuff. Yeah. God. He goes from island guru to like being pathetic. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And frustrating and annoying. Yeah, I'm thinking back. Like one of the early episodes, Charlie says something like, you know, if there was one man I'd put all my money on to get us off this island, it'd be John Locke. Yeah. And it's funny that it turns out... He's like, been doing everything in his power to stop that. Yeah, he's yeah. like actually murdered people to keep guys on the island. Right. <laughs> oh, Charlie, you're so wrong about so much. And yeah, we already did my last note. Like, why does Kate have Aaron? We've already kind of talked about that. Yeah. 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 Why? Well, we still don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was more a question for you. Why do you think Kate I, has him? I have no idea. Yeah, that's that's the problem with that kind yeah. of question is you don't have enough information to even speculate at this no. point. No. No, which is pretty typical for this stupid show. Yeah. But uh, It leaves you with questions that you have no way of answering at this point. Yeah. That's right. But you're still excited to see yes. how the destiny is fulfilled, right? I was joking last week that we should just get this giant fucking whiteboard. And keep track of all the things that you're supposed to, like, that you should be keeping track of. Yeah. All the questions that, that have yet to be answered. Yeah. Dylan and I were talking, because every episode, you know, you go back and you listen and we're like, yeah, Derek, remember this for, like, two seasons from now. I'm thinking, <laughs> fucking Derek's never going to remember that. I don't exactly. even remember what we told Derek to remember. <laughs> he doesn't remember yeah. this. Yeah. Sweet mother of God. I was like, we so, just yeah, need to get a big fucking whiteboard. Yeah. A massive one. But, like... We'd fill that up in no time. We would. 
can't even imagine even starting the show. We're trying to go back and try to remember the things that we told you to keep in mind. Like, yeah. We're four seasons in. It's going to, like... Yeah, so... Trying to remember all the things that we told you to remember and the things that have been paid off and the things that haven't yet. Yeah. Remember back in season two when Anna Lucia said this. Yeah. Like, Who is Anna Lucia again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. boy, I, I feel for you. There's a lot to take in, I'll say that. Yeah. There is. But yeah. I'm also excited for you. Like, it's such a great show to be watching for the first time. Yeah. And, like, this, it really does start getting fantastic, which I guess we're going to touch in this next episode. Yeah. Episode five, pretty much the magnum opus yeah, like, of Lost. And it's funny, too, because it falls almost exactly in the center of the series. It does. If you count that, if you count the episodes, it sits almost in the middle. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that they're the one that fans have pretty much universally decided is the best episode is ex- almost the exact center of the series. Yeah, the old uh, Shakespearean arc, I guess, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember what that's called, but it's all good. So, do you want to jump into this? Episode 5, The Constant. Well, there's a lot happens right off the bat. Like, just as they're flying out, there's a lot going on all at once. There's two different versions of time travel happening. What happens to Desmond is separate from what happens to the helicopter. Yeah, true, true. Just passing through, like, just exiting the island is what caused him to mentally time travel. Yeah. Mentally. And they mentioned something about, you know, I think fair to ask if he's been exposed to, like, intense electromagnetism yeah he says something about how radiation yeah. exposure to radiation and electromagnetic magnetism can have cause and effect side, side effects yeah so which that, makes sense because he was at the center of an electromagnetic explosion on the island that's right the hatch, yeah. right we go back to the hatch and he's been there for three years so he's had pretty steady exposure to electromagnetic fields absolutely Certainly more than anyone else, right? That's yes, exactly. Yeah. So that sort of explains why it's Desmond's, yeah. you know, and not Saeed. That That's right, yeah. Back. Because relatively speaking, Saeed spent no time yeah. That's in right. proximity to the, the swan field. And I mean, we could chalk it up to, oh, this is another, you know, extension of Desmond's future flashes or whatever. But, I mean, it's nice that Daniel sort of puts a fine point on it and sort of directs it back to... The intense electromagnetism being sort of the cause of all of that. And if if we go back to our conversation about uh, flashes before your eyes, this is this is actually a different effect. Absolutely. Because in that, it was basically Desmond in 1994 was getting memories from the future. He had memories of events that had yet to happen. That's right. In this, his consciousness from 1996 is is actually time traveling to his body in. 2004. Yeah. So, he's actually time-traveling in this one, and that one is, like, his memories got shot back in time somehow. It wasn't actually his future consciousness traveling, it was just memories somehow. Just the knowledge of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I said, like, an extension of it, not, you know, the same. I just think, I think it's important to note that it's it's a little bit different. Absolutely. It's similar, but different. Absolutely. So, I guess let's just jump into this. Chopper veers off course. Desmond goes back in time. Well, goes back and then goes forward. What his his 
1996 consciousness jumps forward in time. That's it. His 2004 consciousness is... Goes away. Who fucking knows? Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. It went away. Until he picks up the phone at the end of the episode and actually makes contact with Penny, 2004 Desmond is non-existent. It's all 96 Desmond. That's right. Exactly. You get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as complicated as we make it seem. It's really not. We but try it, to explain it in simple terms, and it gets more and more complicated. It yeah. does, because, you know, we've talked about, okay, what's happening on the island is the present. So from island perspective, it's like he goes back. But you're right, his consciousness from 96 actually jumps forward. But it, it gets complicated to explain it like that. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know, let's just Because our brains aren't equipped to it. deal with time that way. No, no, it's hard. It's confusing. I like David Tennant's timey-wimey thing. It's just... That's it. I do and I don't. No, I love it. Because that just makes things too easy. No, it's it's wibbly wobbly, man. Move on. You can just change history and it doesn't matter because... Yeah, the Doctor Who deals with every time travel rule known to man. Every episode is different. And it throws them out the window. Absolutely. (laughs) Which is great. And then you just go, yeah, it's wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Moving on. Time travel's here, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. We could change history all the time, but it doesn't actually affect history. (laughs) Until it does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Until we needed to for the plot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 96 Desmond snaps into the chopper, doesn't recognize anyone. We realize Chaos Consciousness has come up here. Get to the and freighter. The, and the, con- the confusion from that, the, the chaos that that causes, makes Frank veer off course just ever so slightly. Yeah. And that shifts them forward in time roughly 36 hours. So again, this is, they didn't follow Daniel's heading exactly, and that had huge implications. Yeah. They were essentially missing in time for 36 hours. Yeah, they blipped off the map for a while. So there is one direct route in and one direct route out of the island. And that is why the others are are so specific about the heading that they take in and and the, the heading that they gave Michael to leave, and why... Frank has had to follow that heading. From this point forward, it'll just be assumed that Frank follows the heading because you don't see this effect happen with the freighter, with the chopper anymore. Oh, no? No. There will be one more... I'll call it an object that, that will show up on the island before it's supposed to, but... Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. That, like, I mentioned before how there are three things and we haven't seen the third thing yet. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. And it, it messed people up when they first saw this episode because they, they thought that what happened to Desmond and what happened to the helicopter were related, but they're two separate things happening to two... They're related, but different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the helicopter doesn't exactly have a consciousness to send back or forward in time. So. Yeah. Yeah, they, they experience temporal displacement, whereas... Desmond's brain becomes unstuck in time, is what they call it. Yeah, his body experiences the same temporal displacement, but also his brain goes whoop, yeah. gone because of the hatch detonation. Yeah. And, uh, I, I simple, think, right? Like right it's, yeah. it's just simple physics, guys. Come on. I don't know how you can't follow that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've only spent like 20 minutes explaining it. Yeah. <laughs> haven't even really gotten into the episode. Yeah. No. And I did note, note that uh, what happens to Minkowski is the opposite of what happens to Desmond. 
his 2004 mind is going back into the past. That's right. Because he still recognizes everything around him. He knows he's the radio operator for the freighter and whatnot. And also we find out <clears throat> as the episode progresses that he has no future to go to. That's right. Because he dies by the end of the episode. But Daniel did also mention that it is sort of random at which point your consciousness bounces to. Like, doesn't necessarily need to be the future. It could be the past. could be yesterday. It could be ten years ago. I just assumed for myself that it was because Minkowski was exposed to radiation instead of electromagnetism. Which, ah, that he went the other which way. Which there's no... Nothing, nothing tells us that, but I yeah. just want to... I just want to... That just works for me. Fair enough. That's how you resolve it in your head? Yeah. It's all good, man. So, yeah, he dies. He dies a pretty terrible death. But before that, we have Desmond going to visit 1996 Daniel Faraday, who yeah. has much longer hair. He's not, uh, he's not as likable as on-island Daniel is. He's kind no. of an arrogant asshole. He is, but I imagine that's like the same, uh, he's like an Oxford prof or something. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I did, do just sort of imagine, like, those old-timey professors being giant dickheads. And he's probably quite young yeah. to be a professor at Oxford, because, like, that's eight years before he's on the island, and he's not old on the island. True. Yeah, he's not gray or anything. And, yeah, so he must be pretty intelligent. He must be pretty good at that, what he I does. guess that arrogance is earned. It's not really arrogance. It's confidence in his, in his yeah, own abilities. Yeah, but you still have knowledge. to, like, talk down to people. That's just not very <laughs> <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> I can be confident and still be nice. Yeah, and the way he talks on, about man. the kids' the kids' uh, paper that he's trying to submit. Yeah. You, you're trying to impress me. This doesn't impress. Go rewrite it. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry we can't all invent time travel. Yeah. Daniel. <laughs> so, yeah, 96 Desmond, back in 96, goes to see 96 Daniel, explains his problem, and then there's some mention of Eloise. Which, is that not Eloise Hawking? Is that not her name? We haven't been told her first name yet. Okay. But it is Eloise, right? Yes. I'm not just imagining that. Okay. Cool. There's a reason his name, but, his rat shares a name with, uh, with yeah. Miss Hawking. But we haven't had her name officially revealed yet. Uh, but now it has. No, sorry, mate. I that for you. It's I, won't not ruin, I won't ruin the other part then. Okay, I don't want to watch the show now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shut her down. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Just tell me everything that happens right now. <laughs> Just lay it all out. <laughs> it would sound so stupid if we told you what happened. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, it, it, it really, really would. would. I would be like, stupid. what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of build-up to it. Yeah. You would get up, get in your car, and you would leave. You wouldn't even, like, say goodbye to either of us. Yeah. Like, that would be you'd the be like, You'd quit the podcast, not do this anymore. <laughs> you and Dylan wouldn't be friends anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you'd never it. talk to me again. That's it. <laughs> so many hours of your life wasted. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, okay, sorry, let's just get snapped back here. Um, bah, 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 bah. Oh, yeah, so then there's, you know, the part where they talk about, well, if, you know, 96 Dez and 96 Dan got together to have a little powwow about this, wouldn't 2004 Dan remember the conversation? That's sort of a key point to the which whole they, which they, into the character. Which they kind of reference later when Daniel shows Desmond his experiment. And he puts on his lab coat, talking about how it's to protect him from radiation. Mm-hmm. Desmond's like, well, what about your head? Yeah. What about your head? And he just sort of looks at him like, oh, no, yeah, like that's I kind of a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, 
okay. So I think I think that kind of explains Daniel's memory problems to a degree. Yeah. There'll be more to it, I think. It, they won't flat out tell us, but I think they kind of allude to the, the consequences of him using his machine. It can have a, an effect on your memory. Yeah, and that that's fair. I mean, you're using the machine to unstick a consciousness in time, so I imagine if you're just sort of standing near it, it's got to have some side effects, right? And it's, I think it, they think they imply later that he's used the machine on himself. Fair enough. Probably after this, I assume he's actually figured out how to work the machine, because he's still in the experimental phase here. That's right. Desmond gives him the information he needs to make the machine work, which comes from Daniel himself. It's kind of that information kind of exists in a loop, which I don't. I'm not too keen on. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, but then where did the information come from to begin with? That's right? the, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. In in this kind of time travel, because that information has no origin. Daniel just gives the information to himself, essentially. Yeah. He has the information because a future version of himself had it, which doesn't really work. It doesn't, and it's funny because in this transcript they say they're very paradox averse, and yet. That's a paradox. Well, granted, it's hard to write a time travel story. That Dude, absolutely, have I'm not paradoxes. saying that, yeah. that I, I Carlton do. and David are shitty writers because they, you know. I do agree, though, that this is this is a problem. It, it is. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. But again, totally forgivable. Minor note on an otherwise like perfect episode. So, brushing past the minor paradoxical issue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Like we've mentioned before that the show isn't perfect and this is one of those rare times where it makes a mistake. And it's not their fault, really. No, because how else would you write that? Yeah. It's difficult. Very difficult. But they do make... Like, Desmond makes a good point asking about, you know, remembering the meeting and whatnot because the show has put forth the rules of whatever has happened has happened. So, you know, if Dan's memory wasn't totally mush, then absolutely he would have remembered that meeting taking place. And we'll come back. This this subject will come up again in season five. It will. About him not remembering? About interacting with the past and oh, why, okay. why it doesn't seem to affect the present. Yeah. Again, we have to watch what we're using as our present, but present is... And I'm really having to watch my words because I don't want to give anything away. True. Very true. Um, oh, it does even ask, or even says to Dad, like, oh, maybe you just forgot. Who the hell could forget meeting a time-traveling dude? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> who essentially tells you how to make your time machine work. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you just forgot about that. I know it's sort of a... It's only the most important thing to your research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty minor detail. I mean, you know, not a big deal. Maybe you just forgot. But it does make sense because as, you know, last episode we realized Dan can't remember three cards in a row. Yeah. So at some point something happened. Mush his brain up. Gave him Swiss cheese brain kind of like Swiss Scott Bakula and Quantum Leap. And Quantum Leap. Jesus, there's a show I haven't seen since 72. <laughs> I've got the uh, the first season on DVD around here somewhere. Do you? Was it any good? I really liked it. I remember one episode I watched when I was a kid where he went back to become Elvis or something. I thought that was pretty... It used a really confusing model of time travel that I'm not going to get into here because that's the whole 
we'll spend the rest of our like, time <laughs> talking, about talking about that. Quantum leap. <laughs> but I'll, remind me when we're done, and I'll, I'll tell you how time travel operates on that show. Yeah. It's fucked. I'm not sure if I even care enough. It's but again, it's the dude's consciousness bouncing into someone, right? No. Oh. He's physically bouncing, which is part of the confusing thing. Oh. I'll, that's why I'm going to explain it to you later. Oh, God. Anyone interested, I'll, I'll maybe explain in a future episode. Jesus Christ almighty. <laughs> Okay, Mazinski or whatever his name is. Minkowski. That's the guy. Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens mentions that uh, Penny would call the freighter. You all gotta wonder why Penny would call the freighter. How she how she would know the number even. Exactly. So. Which to me that was a, I, I was wondering then if Derek could figure out. If it was Widmore's boat. Yeah, because how would Penny even figure out? Why would know Penny the number to some freighter? random freighter in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never thought of that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, I it, never thought nothing of it. It didn't occur to me either because I didn't think I didn't remember that she was calling the freighter. Yeah, because there's so much happening in this episode, it just slipped my mind. Yeah. yeah. So that's the first hint of who actually owns the freighter. That's like your first solid hint, I yeah. guess. The first slap you in the face on rewatch. Yeah, you're like, oh dang, well. <laughs> yeah. They were basically telling us straight up, it's your dad's boat. Yeah. yeah, like. Which evil rich dude do we know related to Penny? I think I, I think I made a joke similar to that, like a couple episodes, a couple recordings ago. But we didn't have enough information for you to put that together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I get the whole point of the episode now, the constant during the meeting, ninety-six Des and ninety-six Dan, ninety-six Dan tells Desmond he has to find somebody in both realities to anchor his consciousness. To me, it's absolutely ridiculous, but on an emotional level, solid gold, man. I mentioned yeah. this. I mentioned this to Derek when we were watching the commentary right before you got here, about how it reminds me of Interstellar. Or you might have been here. At that I was point. here for that. Yeah. Because it's like it's trying to include love as like a, a quantifiable scientific quantum like thing. Which you never know. I guess it could be. Science isn't perfect, but. It's just, it's just... I got a hard time accepting that. It's, it's hard for a person with a scientific like, mind like mine to accept that love is a quantifiable thing. Right. So Mikowski didn't have that? Uh, no not one. in his present. Yeah. He may, he like, whoever he was on the Ferris wheel with, maybe. Yeah. But he couldn't make contact with them in the present because he was strapped to the bed. Which is too bad, like... They all he had them. to do was call somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all he had to do. And you would think maybe Desmond would, would mention that. Like, yeah. by the way, dude, I was just <laughs> back in 96 and... Turns out we got to call somebody. Yeah, like yeah. you're going to die of brain aneurysm like real quick. Call your mom or your sister or yeah, somebody. That's yeah. it. Like there must be somebody in your life you can contact. But it's funny that we just sort of like let him die and we're all yeah. cheering for Desmond. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Desmond. You could have saved that dude. Like, Really easily. Yeah. It would not have taken much. But anyway, whatever. Yeah, like him calling somebody's gotta be way easier than it is for Desmond to set up something eight years ago. Yeah. To pay off now. Yeah. Right? Like there's gotta be someone in his life that he can contact now. I don't know why Desmond doesn't just call his mom. I, I assume that would work. Yeah. I, I mean we never so see too. his parents or no. anything, but I imagine they're alive, they must be somewhere. I mean, not, not know, but who knows? There's got to be somebody. But like, he must love his mom. You want to talk about, you know, quantifiable emotion? There you go. Yeah. Give your mom a call, Desmond. This would have been a 
a lot shorter of an episode and a lot less fulfilling. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It would have been a lot less emotionally fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. And satisfying, but. Yeah. So again, good job to the writers for you know pulling out the old heartstrings. Yeah. Because. But why'd you have to kill Fisher Stevens? I don't know. Yeah. It was such a dick move. You, I guess just to show you that like, it's gonna happen. It's coming, Dad. Just because he's a star doesn't mean he's safe. Which I mean, Fisher Stevens kind of. Not an A-list or anything, but... No. He's a big enough name, you'd expect him to stick around for more than, like, half an episode. True. I think it's kind of cool that they have, like, random cameos like that, though. Sorry, right. He did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, and they're not, there's not a lot of celebrity cameos like that. Like, people who you would recognize from other things. Like, there's the Kurgan, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I can't guess. think of other big name actors that they've had on here. Clancy Brown is probably the biggest actor they've had yeah. on the show. Or uh, Lance Reddick, my boy. Yeah, but at the time... He wasn't that, I, I didn't, know. I didn't know who right. he is. This is the first credit I'm aware of. Very good point. And then he got work from this. Like, he ended up working on Fringe because he had the J.J. Abrams connection. That's right. I mean, he was not five seasons of The Wire before this, but... Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't watch The Wire, so I didn't I know. Only the greatest show ever made... History of Man. He's in it for five seasons. So I guess, but, but you're right. So I guess what John is saying that after we're done Lost, we have to start The Wire. No, because you know what? we it, It's too slow. Is it? Yeah. It's, I, I guess it wouldn't leave as much to talk about as Lost either. It definitely... Things do not happen. Like, the whole season is like one case in The Wire. Oh. It's just a lot of character stuff. And it's fantastic, don't get me wrong, but yeah, there would not be a lot to talk about. We could do, like, one episode per season. Yeah, just, like, do the whole season and then talk about... Yeah, talk about season one, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just don't see me taking notes for a whole season of a show and then talking yeah, about it. Yeah, very good point. Very, very good point. Anyway, moving we'll on. We'll figure something out. Yeah, moving on from the way. Um, back to the constant. The Black Rock painting of it, yep. up for auction. Sort of, I'm trying to go, like... In order of the scenes, kind of, you know. If that yeah, I'm going to jump back with my next note. But, uh, You're going to okay. jump back one? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, um, do it up then. We'll go to the Black Rock later. What's happening to Minkowski is what they referenced earlier is sickness. He's sick. Yes. This is the, the displaced consciousness is what they meant. And we're going to see weird things happening to other people. It's not just the mental time traveling. People are going a little weird. Oh, yeah? But they sort of misdiagnose the mental time traveling as general insanity, don't they? Yeah, yeah. What's case. happening? What's happening to Minkowski is a little different than what happens to other people. But uh, and some they don't have. Well, oh no! I guess he Minkowski started jumping after Dan landed on the island, right? Because yeah. I was going to say, if Dan could recognize Desmond's symptoms over the phone, and he was on the freighter with Minkowski, like, shouldn't he have? dealt with that but yeah, I guess he was that, already on island yeah Minkowski time. said that after they went after the freighter after the science team went to the island him and someone else took a, a, a little dinghy yeah and tried to get close to, to see the island and when they started getting close dude went nuts and then when they got back to the island some sometime later Minkowski started experiencing his side effects right yeesh so proximity just simple proximity to the EM field surrounding the island can drive people insane. <laughs> it's not just temporal displacement or mental time travel. It can drive people crazy, too. Cook your brain. 
Which is probably why it was a good idea to drug Juliet on her trip to the end. Probably. <laughs> Apparently, something about being drugged it prevents those side effects. Or we'll assume that it does. Yeah. <laughs> also, probably heading it on the right bearing helps a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, since the others actually know what they're doing. This is Frank's first time. <laughs> Lapidus! Lapidus! My boy. <laughs> he's a good pilot, but he can't help when someone's freaking out in the back of the cabin. Yeah. No, that's understandable. And he's flying into a thunderstorm because he had to stay on that yeah. one heading, right? So, you know, turbulence, whatnot. It's yeah. tough go. Saeed thought he was going to crash, but we know Frank's better no. than that. Frank's amazing. Frank will never crash a plane or a helicopter. <laughs> he's that good. Can I go to the Black Rock? Yes, we can. All right. <laughs> 96 Des goes to find 96 Charles Widmore at the auction buying the journal from the first mate of the Black Rock. What was it? And in the, it was in the possession of a Hanzo. Tovar? It, yeah, Tovar Hanzo. So I made a note of that as well. Who that's... Uh, they funded or related founded to the, the Dharma Initiative, right? Yeah. Uh, Alvar Hanzo was one of the founders of the, the Dharma Initiative. So we know that the first mate of the Black Rock is a, you know, distant relative. The captain of the Black Rock was uh, Magnus Hanzo. The captain. Oh, is it? Yeah. When did we know that? Uh, it's on the, the Blastor map. The last resting place of Magnus Hanzo is on the Blastor map. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Okay, so captain and first mated by, I'm going to assume, brothers. Yeah, I assume, know. yeah. Um... But it also distant relatives to the founders of the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, which prob- possibly explains how they got they found out about the island in the first place. There it is, because they had the Hanzo the is related to the island yeah. already. And they mentioned the episode mentions that the logbook like washed up some wreckage or something on like a nearby island. So you know we have to assume that when the Black Rock crashed uh, ostensibly on the island that. That debris floated up somewhere. Yeah, was recovered. Yeah, the ship was damaged when it was when it ended up on the island. Yeah, ended up is a good <laughs> good way to put it. It's like it's in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, yeah. it didn't just crash. It didn't just crash into the middle of an island. Yeah, <laughs> and we will eventually see that in season six. Yeah, we yeah. do. I it's actually I really like that episode. It's I, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay, let's not talk about it too yeah. much, though. So, Charlie Widmore buys a stupid journal because, you know, he's looking for the island. He's a dickhead. Yeah, the kind of dickhead that leaves a, a sink on after he leaves the bathroom. Yeah. Takes a leak, washes his hands, just leaves the sink running. Like, who does when, that? When we were watching the commentary, too, they, they made a note how you don't hear a tinkling sound when Widmore's going pee. Yeah. No, so there was some enlarged prostate humor going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about how he wants to go back to the island uh, cure his enlarged prostate <laughs> so he can pee normally again. That's understandable. I mean, <laughs> I, w- I would try to get back to the island yeah. if that was me. Jesus. Sends Daniel to fix his brain. All he wants to do is fix his prostate. Yeah, that's it. Um, Dylan, you had that note about Penny's address? Yeah, uh, that her address is two of the numbers, 423. 423, so it's 42 and 23. Um, also wrote down her phone number for whatever reason but I, I that's just gibberish to me it doesn't no numbers no I didn't bother I didn't bother writing it down yeah it, 
<laughs> I mean, there may be some combination if you start multiplying shit out, but I'm oh yeah, like people did with the the countdown timer and how that's actually the sum of the, the numbers. sum of the numbers. Oh, yeah, that one was pretty obvious, but yeah. like this just does not make any sense to me. So moving on from that, <laughs> yeah, I've I've looked at some some pages and they're like anytime numbers show up, they try to bullshit some way that it factors into the numbers, even yeah. even if it doesn't. No, I think people are trying too hard. Do. Does anyone have a theory on when specifically Desmond locked down? Like when he, when his 2004 consciousness came back? Well, isn't it like upon speaking with Penny? I, I'm not sure of the exact moment because like it cuts back and forth between Desmond in 96 looking back at Penny's window before she's actually picked up the phone. True. So I'm not sure what the specific point is. I don't know. I don't think it really matters. I just uh, will assume that it's when she picks up the phone, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I, I think that the point is is that he's made contact with her in both time frames. So he's good. He's clear. He's angry. Dude, it's a stupid emotional fucking aspect of it. <laughs> like, it. It's not supposed to be logical. It's supposed to just be... Heartwarming? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, happy sad, but yeah. that's not a real word. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, bittersweet. Is yeah, that, that's the you're looking for. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> I got a hard time with that. <laughs> and it really is. And yeah. again, I think I said this, like, on one of our first recordings, but whoever does the scoring for these episodes is Michael so, Giacchino. Yeah, man, so fantastic. Like, I wonder if the mic's picking that up. Uh, heavy bass? Maybe. It's all right. Run a little pass on it and be yeah. fine. <laughs> um, yeah like the the music is just fantastic in some of these episodes there's this one I love the constant and I love landing party I have some of these like in my car that I listen to on like fairly regular basis it's kind you of listen, ridiculous you listen to Jack's theme a lot? Uh, I don't think I listen to Jack's theme a lot <laughs> why? just just give him a shit oh <laughs> Just because each of the characters do have have a theme. Have a theme. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. No, Jack can suck it. Well, his theme can. I still <laughs> like Jack. Hurley's probably got the only good theme. I don't. I don't actually know. Oh, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the one that's played during this. No, I I don't have that good an ear for music that I can pick out the individual themes. I just know that everyone has one. That they that they wrote them specific themes. That's fair. That's how a lot of it's done. Yeah, so, okay, you know, Des regains his memories there. And uh, at the very end of the episode, Daniel's going through his journal, which I think is actually probably the coolest, like, that they throw that in there right at the end. Yeah. After Desmond's storyline is sort of resolved, cut over to Dan, he's going through his old journal full of physics stuff, and in the, you know, big block page... Says if anything goes wrong, Desmond Hume will be my constant because, you know, Desmond exists on the island and he's met Des in the past, I guess. Yeah. So which means at some point he did have memory of meeting that's Desmond. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's confirmed. Although Dan two thousand four Dan does not realize that. No. And that will come back. Yeah. Daniel will need that constant. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's cool that they resolve one character line and then they open up this other one with Dan which is I don't know it's really neat I actually really like what they do with when Desmond when we get around to that I'll talk about how much I like it there you go there you go 
<laughs> so do you want to do the transcripty thing now to uh, yeah sure let's uh, talk about the paradox averseness of the writers before yeah, let's, we before we get into the next episode yeah the other one there's not much in that one no no there's not we'll blow through it quick I'd say okay so uh, so I guess I'll be Damon you'll be Carlton alright you, you're gonna take the heavy lifting on this one yeah well I don't know I mean Damon's, Damon's gotta, got most of the writing <laughs> most of the words in this so uh, if that's what you want to do that's fine yeah I, I don't know I got a higher pitched voice kind of like Damon's and yours is much lower like Carlton's <laughs> All right, I think it sort of makes sense doesn't it yep I'm down Okay, so, so this is a little bit of background, Dylan. Um, when this episode came out, The Constant, they they were doing a Lost podcast. The writers were doing a podcast for basically every episode. And this little snippet is from their rehash of The Constant. So, so here we go. They're basically explaining how time travel works on Lost. Which will be important for the next season. Moving forward, this will be very important. Very important. So this is a lot, largely for Derek's sake, but also... <laughs> for anyone that's that's following along like Derek and hasn't seen it yet. That's right. Although I think it still is kind of cool to just, you know, go with the writing and forget about all these hard set rules. But that's just me. This will be helpful uh, come season six. Ready to go? I am. Okay. So, just a quick sort of side note in terms of the way that we deal with time travel on the show. We are very paradox-adverse. That is to say, when our characters are time traveling, nothing that they can, well, nothing that they do can change the present or the future that you have seen. So, which is different from you know the conventional Back to the Future time traveling storytelling. Or heroes. Or heroes, yeah. For us, uh, what we don't want is for the audience to be invested in a, in the flash forwards. When you see that, it would be pretty meaningless if they were changeable reality. Well, as far as time travel goes. As far as time travel goes, yes. As far as time travel goes, definitely not changeable. Right. Or that you have a different Jack popping up in an alternate reality, which is different from the one we've established. Right. And that stuff is all really cool. I mean, Heroes, case in point, for all those who watch both shows, we certainly do and are big fans of Heroes. But if Hyro moves back to the past and says, there's going to be a catastrophe that's going to happen unless you guys save the cheerleader, if they do save the cheerleader, then theoretical, the theoretically future hero, Hiro, whatever his name is, I never watched Heroes, he never exists to come back to warn them, so that's a paradox, which, just to cut across here, back to Daniel's little um, machine, you know, that they <laughs> give yeah. the numbers to, that it's exactly what they're talking about, yeah. Yeah, that they're not doing here. Yeah, they're erasing the reason for, for it existing in the first place. Sorry, go ahead, Carlton. Uh, the hard thing about this episode is actually structuring the time travel elements or conscious traveling elements and avoiding paradox. But that again is something that I think a lot of people have speculated about. Are there parallel futures? Are there sort of multiple universes and worlds that exist in the future depending on how, uh, how events in the past play out? And that is not our intention. Yeah, and Miss Hawking basically explained those rules in the first episode, Flashes Before Your Eyes, where she basically said that the universe has a way of course correcting. So even if you did something in the past that you didn't do before, somehow the sort of fabric of time like swoops in around you and fixes everything so that things don't go off the rails. I assume probably after the constant we're going to get a lot of questions like, 
Well, did Penny know when she went to go see Desmond at the stadium in 2001 that he had told her to wait by the phone back in 1994? And for all of those questions, and we're just going to refer back to Mrs. Hawking, her scene in Flashes Before Your Eyes, she gives a fairly good explanation of how everything works, which to me kind of seems like a bit of a cop-out. Answer the question, Carlton. <laughs> Don't just refer us back to stuff we already know. We already we've already seen it. You were Damon. You were refer. Damon was referring back. Whatever, Damon. Suck it. Answer the question. <laughs> so yeah, that's. So as they say, there will be no alternate realities where things occur differently from what we've seen. And it does make sense because you do want your characters to stay, or you do want your audience to stay invested in the characters as they are. And as they've seen. Yeah, because you're seeing all this flash-forward stuff, and you're like, okay, these are the characters, you know, that they're building upon, and now all of a sudden they change something in present day on the island, and bloop, those guys disappear, and a new set of characters pop up? Like, that is kind of a cop-out. So I'm glad that they have set it up the way that they have set it up. I agree. We still have a whole other episode to do, man. We do, but like like you said, there's not a lot to it. No. It's mostly Juliet character stuff. Hammer it out, Dylan. You can do it. Uh, opens with Juliet uh, having therapy one week into her, her time on the island, where she meets Harper, who is not a very nice person. No, no. not really. She's not a very good therapist either. No, she's not. <laughs> she takes this all very personally. Very personally. Uh, Harper is kind of preceded when she appears to Juliet in the present by the whispers. Yes. Which I don't know what the fuck that's about. Me neither. Because this will never happen again. You'll never see another just pop up out of nowhere with the whispers. No, because the whispers are a separate thing. It almost it almost seemed like they were doing what they did with Walt, like when he was appearing to Shannon in season one. Yeah. That maybe he's maybe Harper is astral projecting. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do we even find out what happens to Harper? Like, is she still kicking somewhere? As far as I remember, this is the only episode she's in. Yeah. So I was wondering if she was the only mention of her. Yeah. I was wondering if she wasn't a ghost. That's what I thought at first, because she, 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 she kind of appears with the whispers. It's possible. Yeah. And then she just disappears right after. Yeah. yeah. Like, she'd be pretty damn stealthy. Yeah. Know? Like, it could be either a ghost, she could either be a ghost, or it could be astral projection. I really don't know. Either way. Because they never answer it. No. But, uh, Juliet sort of has a pretty candid discussion with her. There's no, like, oh, dang, where did you come from? Yeah. Why are you here? Like... It's and just like, what up, you know? Also, Jack. Jack's, Jack sees her. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Which is a knock against the ghost idea. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Because the ghosts only ever appear to, like, one person. To the person Usually, that's right. seen them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because no one like, else saw... That's right. It was just like, like Juliet talking to herself. Yeah. To Jack. If yeah. it was a ghost. That's it's like, who are you talking to? Yeah. yeah. Instead of, who's that? Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> or, who knows, maybe she's really on the island, popping up there. I, Bloop. yeah, it was, my, it was more an open question that because it never gets answered. I was curious what other people thought. Yeah, I assume astral projection because it's it fits with the others. It could also be a ghost because that fits with what we're seeing this season with true. Hurley being visited by Charlie. True, true. But then there's not that personal connection. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like Juliet and Harper did not get along. No. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> Can't possibly imagine. It's not like that answer comes to us clearly in yeah, the episode. Yeah. <laughs> in the next scene. Yeah. 
Okay, anyway, so she tells Juliet that, uh, you know, Juliet's got to make for the Tempest, which is the first we've heard of the Tempest, is it not? No, it's referenced once before, isn't it? Um, it's mentioned on the Blast Door map again. Okay. But the, because of who wrote it, they weren't, we talked about before how uh, Dharma is very compartmentalized, mm -hmm. and people working on one project don't know what's happening with another. That's right. So there's a, a station marked on the Blast Door map that's suggested to be weather control station. Okay. Which would make sense to assume that based on the name of the Tempest. Sure. But sure. in reality, it's the station where they made the gas that the others used to kill Dharma. Right. Which is a nice reveal. It was pretty satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Remember, all we had was Ben with his little gas canister when he killed his dad, and the next thing you know, everyone else is dead. And, we're like, and this oh, further okay. further furthers the idea that the that Dharma was planning on like purging the others. The others should beat them to it. They used Dharma's own tool that they were going to use to purge the island against them. I like to think it was probably a failsafe, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who knows? It could have just gone full eradication against him. It's too bad. Dharma's kind of dicks. Yeah, yeah. Dharma sucks. Dharma aren't the the kind of the hippies they pretended to be. No, here they are trying to like the pretense is that they exist to eventually avert global catastrophe. Here they are, just gassing dudes, breaking all the eggs. Yeah, yeah. man. Not nice. When you're and trying to save the world, you're going to break some eggs. Yeah, and I those guess. eggs might be human lives. I guess so. <laughs> it might be the entire native population of an island like in the South Pacific. up genocide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. We're going to save the world by committing genocide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if you have to. Uh, Let's not do that. Let's no, not do that. No. It's more <laughs> philosophical and... I'm going to go right off the rails here. So... Ben likes Juliet. Yeah, we... He's a that. super jealous bitch, is my note. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally is. I don't, like, I don't like the way they wrote Ben in this episode. Yeah, it's a little... It deviates from what we... It seems sort off of, character for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very emotional. Oh, from what yeah. But I wonder... Like, I actually have a note here somewhere towards the end, is that maybe, finally, that's sort of his true character coming through. That although he's you know, has to be this cold, calculated, you know, sort of guy at the top. That He's just a indicative. guy that wants to be loved? Yeah, man. Like that. Like he told Locke, it's tough to be the leader. It's yeah. lonely at the top, right? So he has to set up this sort of persona about himself. But yeah, maybe in the end, he just wants to settle down with a cute blonde. Isn't that really what we Can't all want? Can't blame him, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you've said that, that, uh, that makes me think of things that happen in season six. All right, fair enough, fair enough. That I can't talk about with Derek here. No, fucking Derek. Derek. <laughs> Way to ruin the show, Derek. That's you can't all still right. watch. <laughs> so Harper says something to Juliet in one of the therapy sessions, like, you know, of course Ben likes you. You look exactly like her. Yeah. And I was wondering, like at this point, we don't really know who she's alluding to. No. I was going to ask, yeah, Derek, if, if they had any thoughts there. but No. I was assuming it was his mom. That's what I would think, oh. too. Yeah, Although the, yeah. the similarity to, to, to her is not fantastic. It's yeah. not, and he didn't even know his mom. Yeah. He did see her ghost, and he has that painting. I guess. But, but I, still. I don't think that's... 
in retrospect, having seen the entire series, I don't think that's who he's talking about. Hopefully not. I was yeah. wondering <laughs> if if it wasn't. Remember when Little Ben came to the island? Didn't he have a little friend? Who oh, was a brunette, though. True. Um, true. Very very. From what we saw, she was very not physically like Juliet. Like Juliet, yeah, yeah. no yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah, but other so, than that, you don't really see him with anyone. No, no. So yeah, it could or, be could be his mother. I guess she's blonde at least. I'm going to say, I'm going to save my save my answer. Put a pin in this until season five. Okay, fair enough. Because I was going to mention some like Oedipus complex, and that's we don't want to go down that. Yeah, no, because that's what it would be if yeah. if we're talking about Ben's mom. Yeah, yeah. straight up. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's actually not. I don't, that. Yeah. I don't think it is, up. but I, I'll, I'll we'll get into that in season five. Awesome. Who I actually think it is. Awesome. So let's let's try to remember this. We probably won't. We probably <laughs> definitely won't. Okay. Yeah, it suggested that uh, if Juliet keeps banging Goodwin, that you know Ben's gonna do something to move Goodwin out of the way, and sure enough, he does. Which I don't like that either. I don't like the idea that Ben himself implies that he got Goodwin killed. No, I like the idea that that just know. is incidental. Yeah, it just worked out in his favor. I mean, yeah. right, Ben's the kind of guy who would have a contingency plan, right? I'm sure if Goodwin came back. He, they'd be able to figure out another way to sort of move him aside. Uh, the fact that Goodwin is married to this therapist, like, this is a small community. Yeah. Like, it, that really should be enough. Like, dude, you have a wife. Go. Yeah. <laughs> like, back off, man. Yeah. Jesus, you can't a have wife, your cake and eat it, too. And they're not, they're not like, emotionally connected. Because no, he's sleeping like, on the couch, right? He's sleeping on the couch for last year. Yeah. Okay, well then... Ended or whatever. Yeah, especially if this is sort of common knowledge that they're together. I don't know. It's it. So it's not. It's not actually because she's jealous of Juliet, although she's clearly not happy about that. She just. She mostly doesn't want Goodwin killed because of Juliet's action, because she knows that Ben is into her. Uh, like this gets way too dramatic and. Yeah, like, I don't like this angle on Ben and, and the, these characters. No, it, it way too soapy. I like the I like the idea that they're dedicated to what they're doing and that these personal squabbles are beneath them. Yeah, it's because like you're like Mister Logic Science thing. Well, I think they work better as as an opposition group yeah. because the losses are all wrapped up in their emotional crap. Sure. The others should be contrasted with that with an actual purpose. Yeah, because this almost seems. I don't know. Or is beneath it band? not beneath yeah, them, like, but like, I don't know. It just seems like kind of petty. Like it's something you wouldn't be concerned about. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But on the flip side, I do kind of like that we see this side of them. Like, they, as a community, they put up this pretty solid front that they are purpose-based and all that shit is beneath them. But like anything else, behind closed doors, it's a shit show. Well, they're still humans, right? That's right. They're going to have those needs, right? So that's kind of why I had that note about Ben when he had that outburst at the end where he goes, you know, you are mine. Yeah. I was like wow, this might be, like, the first real look we actually get at Ben, where he's just, like, a selfish little bitch. It just seems so petty and small and out of out of character from what we've seen. Absolutely. But you are right that, it, like, it might be us getting a glimpse of what who he truly is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the end, he is human. That's she right. is a cute blonde. Yeah. Come on. You can't argue that. <laughs> you no. can't, like, that's... <laughs> That argument is infallible. Yeah. And he does talk about how, how much trouble he went to getting her to the island and all that. Yeah. Right? Did he organize the death of her husband? No. Yeah. I don't think so. No. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. 
bus just takes him right out. Yeah. I like when he gives Juliet her house and she's like, oh, you shouldn't have. I'm only going to be here for six yeah. months. And you're just <laughs> like, ah, uh, you have no well, idea. And the look on his face, oh, he, yeah, like, he, knows, right. he knows it's going to be more than six yeah. months. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's got a plan. Yeah, even if she'd solved the birthing problems, with the, which there was no chance of. Yeah. He wasn't going to let her go. No, definitely not. Apparently not. <laughs> no. So I guess the only other kind of like neat thing to pop out in this episode is we find out who owns the freighter. Yep. If we didn't pick up on the little hint of the constant in full video footage, Charles Whitmore, King Dickhead. And like, uh, <laughs> you wonder what his motivation is. Ben says it's so oh, to exploit the island and all of its properties and stuff. This guy's already like ultra rich. Yeah. And is what this does that mean? really like the fuck? Is this what? The plot is that they're putting forward right now is that this is just an ultra-rich guy looking to get even richer. Man. Well, what does that even mean, exploit the island? Well, I assume it's come to the island and we can heal all your disease for, for a, a ridiculous amount of that's money. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, right? that's... And I know that's not his motivation, but that's how they're setting it up now, and I'm thinking, what a dickhead. Like, yeah. And it just Dude, seems you have enough money. Just like we talked about the others, it just seems petty and small for such a powerful person. Absolutely, yeah. he's got a big Scrooge McDuckian vault at home. Like, go swimming in your gold coins, man. Forget about the island. But yeah, so that's how they're writing it. I was just thinking, like, wow, like Charles Widmore, giant dickhead. Now, spoiler alert, that's not his actual motivation. <laughs> it's There's there's bigger things going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, that's probably a solid aspect that he's not going to pass up yeah. once he dominates the island, but it he's got other things on his mind. Um, yeah, I got the gas going. Yeah. That, that's all I got. I got the episode ends with Ben being released into his own house. Finally. <laughs> um, I made a note here that seems weird, but uh, uh, Hurley's not considering himself unlucky anymore. He gets a, he gets a ringer on horseshoes. Horseshoes, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's and right. He beats Sawyer. He's like, how did you do that? I yeah. guess I'm just lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so he is free of the curse of the numbers and the monies. Which I don't... I, I don't think that the... His bad luck was a curse, exactly. It was just his path to the island. And I wonder if his luck has changed now because he's made the decision to stay on the island. Embrace his destiny? Even Could though, be. you know, we know that's not how it ends up in the end. I mean, he's off the island, right? Yeah. Currently. Or in the flash forwards, anyway. Crashing Camaros everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Does he see I, Ghost Charlie? That's right. Yeah. But I, I do wonder, knowing sort of the whole destiny premise of everything, if his luck hasn't changed because he has made that decision. Or was it ever really luck in the first place? What is luck? Let's just jump right it's back into path, philosophy. Man. It's just a path, dude. <laughs> jump right it's back. It's just in how there. the universe decided that it should, he should end up on the island. That's it. <laughs> Uh, my last note is that Ben is, is free, which means Locke must be happy with Ben's answer to who his inside man is, which John's already spoiled for Derek. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, it was a commentary. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon spoiled okay. it. Okay. Suck it, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
spoiling things in the commentary. But I kind of had a rough idea from our last That's yeah, right. I'd kind of, episode. I had kind of already given that away. Yeah. The amount of times I tell the writers to suck it on the air here is like truly terrible because I revere these guys. Like I think they're actually so amazing. And honestly, I, I don't think I would have been that shocked. Right? Not if I no. Who it is. Yeah. No. I mean, because he did get off, so... You know what I mean? If anything, I think I was just disappointed. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. He comes back. Guess what his motivation is for helping Ben? Yeah. Guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Michael. Yeah. Like, oh. Would have been more of a shock if it was Harper. <laughs> yeah. My inside man is yeah. actually a woman. Exactly. There you go. There you go. You're, a twist. Yeah. Who you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have to give it, I don't know what the actor who plays Michaels, I don't know what his name is, but. Uh, Harold Perrineau or something? Okay. Perrineau? He did pretty good considering, I don't know how much money he got to play the character, but he only ever had like one line. Walt! <laughs> right? <laughs> like, all these other guys had to memorize all this dialogue and all this craziness. All he had to do was shout Walt for like 20 episodes. Yeah. No monologues for Michael. No. Yeah. And he, he was paid. Like, that's amazing. When did he go out? Season two? Or end one? of season one. Yeah, he was... Yeah. Thank God. But no, end of season two. Yeah. End of season two. Because yeah. end of yeah. season one is when they get in the They get hatch. in the hatch, and the end of season two, they blow it up. That seems like so long ago. Oh, I know. Man. Well, it was for us, because... Well, yeah, because we, we took a long yeah. yeah, that's right. Remember when John Locke was pounding on that hatch? Yeah. And then the light? Like, that's so we, awesome. We will, we will come back to that. Will we? In season five. Do we? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Awesome. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen these later seasons. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the problem is, is that, like, I end up starting to rewatch them, but I always go, okay, but I'm going to do it from, like, season one, and then by the time I get to about this point, season four, I end up going off and watching get, something just else. Get sidetracked on some other show. Yeah, exactly. I have new episodes of something else to watch. Or I start watching it, like, with someone, with a buddy or whatever, and then, like, yeah, we start watching something else, or, like, they lose interest, or whatever, and... That's it, so, yeah, my memories of season four, five, and six are a little fuzzy. That's kind of good. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I still, like, remember, obviously, the overarching arc of everything, yeah. but the a lot details. of the details. The same thing happens to Sarah, only she doesn't remember as much as, as you do, because she wasn't as into it as, as you are. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to keep powering through season four. So what are we going to do next time? We're going to do three more? Yeah. yeah. Three, uh, then two, then three again? How is that going to work? Yeah, for the one before the finale, we'll just do two because the finale is a three-parter. It'll throw off our yeah our schedule if we if we do, like, part one of the finale as... Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, we'll just... We'll end it there. We'll, yeah. Yeah. Ciao. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Welcome to Planet Bob. If you know any shows or movies you think we should discuss, find me on Twitter at King of Bob. That's at King underscore of underscore Bob. And Derek, you can find me at Lars M on Twitter, L-A-R-Z-M. And this is Sarah. I'm on Tumblr at Welcome to Planet Bob. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Welcome to Planet Bob. Thanks for listening to our show, and we hope you tune in next week.